It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, a licensed nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. And joining me today as our co-host is Katie Harla. Katie is a registered dietitian, and she sees clients at both our YZ location and also in Lakeville, right down that 35W. Right down 35W, yes. Oh, <laughs> and I was just telling Dar this morning, I was driving down 35W last week, and I hit a pothole, and there goes my front right tire. Oh, so, sad. So too bad. <laughs> so also joining us in a few minutes is our special guest, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, who co-authored a book called The Great Cholesterol Myth. So if you have heart disease in your family, as I do, Um, you're going to want to stop chopping your vegetables or scrambling your eggs this morning and just kind of stop and listen. You know, this topic, I believe, is very important because heart disease is the number one killer of people. I don't think a lot of people maybe realize that. that Well, I can really relate to that, Katie, because my brother, my older brother, my mother, my grandfather all died of heart disease. And looking at my personal genetics and my predisposition to heart disease, I'm really always reading research and attending nutrition conferences to find more answers to prevent heart disease that I can incorporate into my own lifestyle and also to teach my clients. I know that preventing heart disease is such, oh, much, much, much more than just wearing red. That phrase, right? (laughs) So heart disease prevention takes It takes a lot of education and commitment to your health. It is, again, so much more than wearing red, red, that phrase that we always hear. That phrase is kind of, I think, degrading to some people. I think it is, too. Yeah, I kind of... um, Every time I hear it, I think, oh, come on. Right, it's more than that. You know, but again, we are always trying to teach people how to prevent heart disease, not just say a catchy phrase. So if you're confused about the role of cholesterol plays in heart disease or... You want to understand what is the leading cause of heart disease or what are the side effects of taking a statin drug or, I don't know, whatever question you might have about heart disease, you can call us this morning. It is 651-641-1071 and we're going to answer a lot of those questions. I think I bet a lot of people out there, their ears kind of perked up a little bit when they were hearing what you're talking about. Yes, especially that cholesterol thing. Yes. So today you have a great opportunity to ask the expert. So joining us by phone is Dr. Stephen Sinatra. He's a cardiologist who has been preaching for over 30 years and the author of The Great Cholesterol Myth. And he's been really talking about um, a lot of things about cholesterol. Dr. Snyder, Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, and thanks for being a guest today. You know, I had the pleasure of listening to you this past fall at the American College of Nutrition Annual Conference, and I knew you'd be just perfect to shed some light on the cholesterol story. You know, Dr. Snodger, we tell people to eat eggs and butter, high in cholesterol and saturated fat. So what does a cardiologist think of that kind of advice? 
Good morning to you. Well, good morning. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, eggs as a great form of nutrition, especially if they're organic or free-range and DHA fortified. Uh, you know, eggs are healthy for you. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I, I went out to breakfast with a couple of my business associates about six months ago, and I met them at a uh, Marriott and we had breakfast together. We all ordered eggs, but they ordered just egg whites. And I said, uh, of course. That? And they said, well, they're worried about cholesterol. I go, well, did you realize the egg yolk has, you know, magnesium, it has choline, it has vitamin E, it has sulfur, has so many different, you know, other nutritional factors. And uh, sure, it contains cholesterol, but, you know, we vilified cholesterol and we chose it as the marker in heart disease or coronary disease. But it's a, it's a... It's a marker that I believe gets an enormous amount of airtime when, in truth, it contributes very little to coronary artery disease. I think in your book, Dr. Sinatra, you talked about doing an angiogram on a, a patient, a client of yours, who had really high cholesterol. Remember that example? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's lots of examples. When I was a, a fellow in cardiology, <clears throat> and I was doing angiograms on a day-to-day basis. And then, oh, my gosh, about 10 years post-fellowship, I was doing coronary arteriography as, a, as an invasive cardiologist. I, I believed in a cholesterol theory of heart disease, but what, what I was seeing um, was almost the opposite. Uh, uh, I was seeing people with very high cholesterols who I thought had coronary disease, and we did the angiogram, and they were normal. And likewise, I was seeing people with low cholesterols who I suspected did not have coronary disease who turned out to have coronary disease. Mm -hmm. So um, I was really perplexed because uh, I really believed in the cholesterol theory. And, uh, but what I was seeing as a cardiologist was I was seeing people with low cholesterols getting heart disease, people with high cholesterols getting heart disease. There wasn't a clear demarcation. Uh, and I started to think for myself, and I, and I realized that, yeah, I mean, cholesterol is found at the scene of the crime. I'll, I'll give you that, but it's not the perpetrator. It's, it, it, it's not the big bad boy of, of coronary disease that, you know, the TV thinks we should believe. And, and basically, you know, you should be asking your doctor, well, what's my blood sugar? What's my hemoglobin sure. A1C? Before right. you ask, what's my cholesterol, you know, or what's my homocysteine level, or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do I have mercury in my body, or, you know, there's, there's so many other, you know, questions you can ask your cardiologist as opposed to, you know, what's my total cholesterol. So really, <clears throat> Dr. Sinatra, you are confirming what we always tell clients, that it's not all about just that cholesterol number. So here's a question. If cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease, then what does? Well, I mean, we, we've realized that um, inflammation is the root cause of, mm-hmm. of coronary disease, like it is for cancer and Parkinson's disease and, and diabetes, and, and the list goes on and on. So when the body gets inflamed, uh, and if the inflammation occurs in the blood vessels uh, of the heart, well, then we get coronary disease. And, but there's many causes of inflammation. I mean, inflammation, uh, you know, uh, has multiple etiologies. Now, look, uh, a small particle LDL or an LP little a, and one of you have a family history of heart disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be important to check what your LP little a is. That's a very, very small cholesterol particle. Uh, biochemist, biochemically, it has what we call a disulfide bridge. It's highly inflammatory, and it causes blood clotting. Now, the problem is, is that you know, a lot of doctors don't check for it because there's really no drugs that can neutralize it. Uh, 
you know, statin drugs can even make LP little a a little bit worse uh, in some people. But but what doctors need to focus on are the newer cholesterol markers, uh, not just the total cholesterol. Uh, you know, people want to know, well, what's your LDL? Well, you know, what's your total cholesterol? I mean, these are okay, but they're dinosaurs. What people have to be asking their doctors now is, you know, what's my particle number? What's my particle size? Do I have LP little a? Do I have dysfunctional HDL? Do I have, you know, inflammatory triglycerides? These are the much more important questions that people need to ask their doctors because, look, virtually, you know, cholesterol that's fluffy and, and uh, you know, not small particle, you know, it's virtually harmless in the body. And we need cholesterol for multiple, you know, uh, situations. So a lot of people vilify cholesterol when we should be vilifying sugar, you know, which is really the primary cause of inflammation as it elicits an, uh, an exaggerated insulin response. Well, I think that's one of the things that we teach a lot, mm-hmm. too, Dr. Sinatra. Um, you know, I think maybe just expand a, just a a bit, a little bit more on the inflammation is really the root cause of heart disease. And then what's one of the things that really causes inflammation more than more than anything else that people can do with their eating? Um, maybe just expand just a couple sure, of... Sure, sure. Well, there's multiple factors involved in the inflammatory <laughs> process in the body. Uh, the most significant one is an insulin response uh, to sugar. And, uh, you know, the body responds to a high-sugary diet. Now, look, a high-sugary diet could be eating, let's, I mean, drinking, let's say, uh, high-fructose corn syrup soda that you get in the fast-food restaurant or any soda, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, when I drank a Coca-Cola, it was six ounces. So yes. I was getting maybe five grams, I mean, five teaspoons of sugar, um, which is bad. But, I mean, look at the kids today. They're drinking 16 ounces, 32 ounces, even 64 ounces, you know, at one sitting. I mean, can you imagine the teaspoons of sugar you're going to get if you just, you know, drink colas all day and then, you know, superimpose that with, you know, carbohydrates, you know, breads, bagels, cookies, crackies, brownies. Right. You know? <laughs> all breaks I down mean, to sugar. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of sugar. And, you know, the average human today in 2013 is eating over 150 pounds per year. So what that does to uh, the body is that sugar caused an, is an enormous, you know, insulin response, especially when you're eating these dead calories, pure sugar. I mean, a lot of people think that, well, I avoid, you know, sugar in my coffee and tea and my cooking. Yes. But, but sugar they, is found everywhere. They I don't mean, think about the other sources. Exactly, the processed foods. So basically, uh, we're constantly getting an insulin responses or insulin surges in our body. And we have to realize that insulin is the most un- endothelial cell-friendly hormone unfriendly hormone, mm-hmm. endothelial cell unfriendly. And what I mean by that is that the little inner linings of blood vessels, they have like a basement membrane, we call it the endothelial layer, and it's very susceptible to the inflammatory surges of insulin. So uh, it's very important that people realize that, you know, they shouldn't be having high sugary meals uh, without balancing the meal with fats and proteins, which will help to elicit a less of an insulin response. Let me give you an example. Um, Let's say you go to a restaurant and you want a glass of wine or you're sitting at a bar and you have a cocktail or a glass of wine or or whatever. Well, it really behooves you to have that glass of wine with maybe some nuts (laughs) that has 
protein in it and, and, fat, and fats, because the protein in the, and the fats in the nuts will help to balance the over-sugary red wine or white wine. Because uh, remember, all alcohol contains sugar. Right. But when people do these uh, cocktails or, or wine on an empty stomach, they're getting a, uh, a sugar load, which results in an insulin response. You know, I think one of the things that we find is that we have a lot of clients that say, oh, I'd never drink soda. Right. You know, they gave that up 10 years ago, and then they say, well, but I keep my wine really down. Mm -hmm. But these are the people that are driving through the drive-thru this morning, and they're getting their, or they're going into the coffee shop, and they're getting their mochas. Frappuccinos, yeah. And they're getting their muffins. And they don't realize that they're also taking in a ton of sugar in those two drink, in that drink and in that muffin. Yeah. Exactly. So again, again, Dr. Sinatra, you really are confirming what we tell our clients. We have to balance our foods because if we get too much sugar, we get too much insulin and it does cause damage to that vessel wall. Um, so we actually do have to take a break. If you would hold, um, for all our listeners, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. So our topic today is preventing heart disease. So joining us in this discussion is Dr. Stephen Sinatra. He's a cardiologist, and he's an author, um, a co-author of a very, very great book, very compelling book, The Great Cholesterol Myth. So if you have questions for Dr. Sinatra, call us at 651-641-1071. Worried that your cholesterol is a little high? Has your doctor suggested that you take cholesterol medication or change your diet? If you have decided to change your eating, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has a proven plan to normalize cholesterol numbers. After helping hundreds of people raise their HDL good cholesterol, lower their LDL bad cholesterol, and reduce triglycerides, their confident diet is the answer. Their diet is scientific. It creates the results you want. The nice thing about their plan is that it's not a starvation diet. You'll be amazed how effective nutrition can be in normalizing cholesterol. Even better, there are no side effects. You may also discover other benefits from this approach, such as increased energy and better moods. If you are ready to commit to an eating plan to manage your cholesterol, give Nutritional Weight and Wellness a call at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Schedule an appointment at an office convenient to you or arrange a phone consultation. For more information, call 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I want to share a part of an email from Ted who lives in Chicago, and he's been a longtime listener. Here's what Ted said. I was listening to Dishing Up Nutrition last Saturday, and a lady called complaining of ringing in the ears, and I remember that call. I had that problem for years, Ted said. As I searched the web about gluten sensitivities that Dar had talked about, I found ringing in the ear was indeed a gluten sensitivity. Look at that. And Ted said, no sooner than that I gave up gluten, my tinnitus, which is another word for ringing mm-hmm, in the ear, mm-hmm. went away and hasn't returned. You know, as nutritionists, uh, you know, I know that there's really a lot of different reasons for ringing in the ears. But, you know, if for an easy solution, try going gluten-free. Take away all the crackers and the pastries and see if it doesn't make a difference. Now, look at that. Nutrition even changes that obnoxious kind of background ringing in the ears. I know, and that's some... A lot of people have that yes, problem right now. Really? So. Exactly. So we have callers, right? We do. So. That sounds great. Sandy, you have a question about heart disease. Sandy? Yes, I was, Hi there. Yes, I was going to ask if your research had 
learned anything about the lysine receptors in the arteries? Dr. Sinatra? Did you hear that question? Oh, Dr. Sinatra? I think we lost him. He's. Oh. I think we lost him, so we're going to try and get him back. Okay. Um, and if so, we'll have him. What was your question again? About the lysine receptors in arteries. Okay. To do, if it has anything to do with heart disease in their research. And it, you called it the lysine receptors. Yep. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll ask him and get him back on the line here. Okay. And I can just go off, off and listen yeah. to it on the radio. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. That sounds good. You know, I th- I think as as we were waiting for him to get back on the line, you know, I think, you know, as we know, as nutritionists, mm-hmm. um, we find that most people don't understand their cholesterol numbers. And we, we know, and I hear this every day, oh, I think, yes. with clients. If my number is over 200, you know, they're sure that they're going to have a heart attack, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, a lot of times when we sit down with clients, they come in and they bring in their cholesterol numbers and it's, oh, but my cholesterol is high. Um, You know, some things that we think about is, you know, some women, their cholesterol elevates, for instance, because they're going through menopause. So there's their bodies trying to make more hormones. So there's, as Dr. Sinatra was kind of talking to us about, there's other reasons why our cholesterol would seemingly be high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it's our producer trying to get a hold of doctor can you see yes is dr sinatra are you with us again yeah i'm with you oh good thank you (laughs) so we had a caller um and she was asking about if any of your research has looked into the lysine receptors in arteries the lysine receptors yes versus um no not really i mean uh matthias rath was a big uh proponent of of lysine um and and vitamin c and and uh uh you know, it has a little merit, but it's something that I, I never really got close to. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll take a different caller then. Should we take another caller, Absolutely. Katie? Thanks for getting back on, Dr. Sinatra. Thank you. Luann, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question for us? I do. I, um, Dr. Sinatra, you were talking about um, what's more important to get tested than the cholesterol. You mentioned particle number, particle size inflammatory triglycerides, and one other thing. I was wondering what the one other thing was and also what the names of the tests are. Sure, yeah. Well, I was mentioning a little... Can uh, you speak louder? I can't hear you. Yeah, uh, can you hear me now? No. You can't hmm. hear me, huh? Well, it's LP little a. And, okay, I'm uh, going to have to hang up and ta- and turn my radio back on. Maybe I can hear okay, you Okay, why don't you do that? Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. great, Luann. Yeah. So what's the I'll name just wait a second. Yeah, we'll just wait. Yeah, that's good. So All we'll right. give her a chance to get her radio back on and... Hey, by the way, where where is your show? It's in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh, St. Paul. And yes. where are you today? Uh, I'm in Florida. Florida. Okay, we were trying to figure out. that snowstorm then. Are you oh, gosh. Today? Well, no, we really didn't get a lot of the snow. You know, they predicted a lot more. We thought we would be having trouble getting to the studio yeah. this morning, but it was actually a beautiful morning. Right. So. And, you know, Great. five inches is no big deal for a Minnesotan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So anyway, I, I guess I'll answer that question. Sure. I mean, so, um, Doctor Sinatra, you know our our show is on iTunes, and and we have just uh, we have listeners all over the world, actually. Oh, great! And great. We have clients from all over the world because of the fact that our show goes every place, and uh, people are are you know we had like a hundred and thirty thousand downloads of our show in January. Yes. So a lot of people are listening. So catching oh, on. Nice, yes. Nice. So well, anyway, well, let me help you that caller then. I sure. Mean, yes. Um, the way I want to answer that question 
is that um, maybe a decade ago, uh, if a doctor checked your cholesterol, your triglycerides, your blood sugar, uh, and you know looked at your LDL and your HDL, uh, that was sort of satisfactory. But that's a dinosaur now, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the technology has advanced uh, that uh, we can dissect cholesterol. We call it cholesterol fractionization. And basically, a lot of laboratories do it. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's done by the vertical auto profile, which is called the VAP, the NMR test, the lipoprotein profile. I mean, Quest Labs does the test throughout the country. So in, in other words, uh, the laboratories do the tests, but what the doctor and the, and the patient have to do is ask for a cholesterol fractionization. In other words, you want to dissect your cholesterol to see if you have inflammatory cholesterol or very, you know, healthy cholesterol. Uh, and, and the things I mentioned was that, and, and most of the cardiologists that know this agree about this, is that you want to know your, your triglycerides, vitally important, because triglycerides uh, uh, are much more an important factor than cholesterol. You, you want to know your HDL, because HDL, most of it is still protective. I mean, we can... We can dissect HDL into HDL2, HDL3. There's several types of HDL. We are learning that some forms of HDL can be dysfunctional and not as supportive as other forms. Uh, we can also look at the LDL particle and dissect that too. And it can be a small particle B, it can be a fluffy A, it can be a combination of AB. Uh, we're looking at LP little a, uh, which is really a very, very small cholesterol particle but very inflammatory. And now this can run in families. And, and this is uh, uh, when you were talking about a family history of heart disease, this is vitally important. So when I have people uh, who would say, Dr. Sinatra, you know, my dad died of a heart attack at age 42. Uh, my uncle died at age 50. I'm really concerned. Um, what I would look at is uh, basically to see if they had any familial hypercholesterolemia, which is very easy to do. Uh, you know, you, you, you check a cholesterol profile. But more importantly, I would look at LP to little a. I would look at fibrinogen. I would look at homocysteine. I would look at C-reactive protein. These are inflammatory uh, components in the, in the body that you can track in the blood. And a lot of these components uh, have a family history attached to it. Let me take another one called ferritin. Ferritin is a phase-reactive iron that goes up in inflammatory reactions. But there's about 40 million people out there that, you know, carry what we call the gene for uh, hemochromatosis, which means they overabsorb iron uh, in the body. And, and basically, if you have that gene, uh, you can have uh, more iron, which will oxidize uh, your cholesterol. So in family histories, uh, I am more concerned about uh, the L-P-little-A, the serum ferritin, the homocysteine, the um, uh, C-reactive protein and the fibrinogen, which are all phase reactant uh, uh, inflammatory mediators. The other important thing is that uh, when you look at uh, blood lipids, it's far more important, far more important uh, to know your triglyceride to HDL ratio. I think the, do- the dinosaur doctors who, who follow the old technologies and the newer doctors that know about, you know, the number of particles, the, the cholesterol fractionization, we all agree, we all agree that the triglyceride to HDL ratio is far more important than what your total cholesterol is. And let me give you an example. Um, 
a typical patient in my office would come in. Uh, they would be pre-diabetic. They'd have insulin resistance. Uh, they could have a family history of diabetes. They were a little overweight. Uh, a woman would come in with, let's say, a waist size of 35, a man over 40. Um, and they would have a triglyceride of 300, uh, and they would have an HDL of maybe 30 to 40. Their ratio is way up there. It's from 10 to, let's say, 7, 7 1⁄2. So basically, that's a very high ratio. Uh, now, take another person that comes in, a triglycerides of 90 and maybe an HDL of 50. That means their ratio is less than 2. That's an ideal ratio, and the people with ratios less than 2 have far less inflammation mm -hmm. in their bodies as compared to somebody with a ratio let's say, of 7, 6, or 10 for that matter. And I would see those all the time. And it's much more important to know that if you have metabolic syndrome, uh, which is an inflammatory disorder, which is manifest by high blood pressure, high triglycerides, lower HDL, uh, higher blood sugar, and weight gain, particularly around the middle. And we have to remember when we pack fat around our abdomen, Remember, the fat cells are the home. They provide the homes for all these inflammatory mediators, you know, these cytokines that are in the body. Right. Yes. So the more fat you have around the belly, the more inflammation you have in your body. And people need to focus on these situations as opposed to, oh, my cholesterol is 220 and my LDL is 150. Who cares? Right. I don't <laughs> care about that. I think that's you good know? to have our listeners hear that. Um, from another source, too, because often that's what we tell people, that the total cholesterol, it doesn't really mean anything unless we look at the other factors. Um, so, Dr. Sinatra, great explanation. We actually do have to go to a break again. But stay on the line. But stay on the line. <laughs> yes. I'm stay on the line, but I'm, I'm going to get a little tea. I'll be right back. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I'll be here. Okay. So, for everyone else, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. So, Ted, um, he had found that the ringing in his ears stopped after he stopped eating gluten grains. Many people wonder, what does that mean? What's a gluten grain? What foods contain the gluten? So if I don't eat toast and cereal for breakfast, what do I eat? So if you're wanting to learn more, take our class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. So check it out on our website at www.weightandwellness.com for a class near you. For any other questions for Dr. Sinatra, call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, heart disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. It makes sense that we need to learn more about prevention. You know, think about this. Every time you pull into a fast food lane to load up on trans fats and sugar, you need to take a moment and ask yourself, is this meal affecting my blood vessels and heart? If this is a once-a-month habit, probably no problem. If it's a daily habit, it could be a big problem. You know, we're all about connecting your food choices to your health problems. You know, our Weight and Wellness series looks at all the science and connects your food choices to diabetes, to eye problems, to hearing loss, to aches and pains, to digestive problems, to heart disease. You know, if you're really ready to learn more, call 651-699-3438 for a class near you. You know, also, we've developed a wonderful heart disease prevention class. It's a one-hour class for your workplace wellness programs. You know, if you've taken one of our classes before, you know how knowledgeable and engaging 
our nutrition educators are. You know, we believe nutrition is not a boring subject. It's a life-changing subject. And more and more people are getting so interested in this information. Yes. And how can I change my food to change how I feel? So let's ask Dr. Sinatra some really interesting questions. So, Dr. Sinatra, you know, you said triglyceride level is really important to lower. So maybe give listeners, okay, say somebody comes in with a triglyceride number of 300. What do they need to do to get that down to under, well, we always recommend 75 or under. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, I would agree with that. The the, the lower, the better on triglycerides. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the simplest thing to do is to lose weight. I mean, if you lose weight, your triglycerides are going to go down. Um, and, you know, I call it the perfect trifecta. You know, do some daily walking or do some daily exercise, which will help lose weight because you're going to burn calories. Uh, you know, omit your sugary foods, your your, your white foods, your carbohydrate-type uh, foods, and, you know, add more healthy fats and, and, and proteins or at least balance the diet with instead of an, you know a seventy or eighty percent carbohydrate diet, get it down to around a fifty percent, uh, or a thirty percent, <laughs> yeah. even, even, even lower. <laughs> and and the other thing is omega threes. I mean, uh, you know, if you if you can exercise and and uh, lose weight and then reduce carbohydrates and add omega threes, you know, a fish oil, a calamarine oil, a krill oil. I mean, any of the oils or even an omega three algae. Um, and I mean, I like them all. But um, uh, if you can bring omega-3s to the table with a good lifestyle program, uh, your triglycerides are going to go way down, way down. Sure. I mean, even the men in my practice, I used to say, you know, the first question I used to ask them is, are you a beer drinker? I mean, yes. beer, yeah. you know, skyrocket your triglycerides. Yes. You know? So you have to ask them specific questions about their diet. But, you know, um, you know any of these high glycemic foods, like in maltose found in beer, is one of the most highest glycemic around. Right. But basically... Um, you know, it's, it, it makes sense to just, you know, talk to your patient about some simple ways of doing this and uh, miracles will happen. I can tell you, see it all the whole Absol- time in my practice. Exactly. <laughs> so what if somebody goes out and um, they check their homocysteine? How would you recommend they lower their homocysteine levels? And well, you know, homocysteine, doc- we, we've learned a lot about recently in the last decade. And um, we used to think that the higher the homocysteine, uh, the worse it is. And it is true, but homocysteine has a sweet spot. I generally like homocysteines between 7 and 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm over 10, I like to reduce it. When it's below 7, I want to increase it <laughs> because, uh, uh, you know, homocysteines of 5, for example, um, they can have abnormalities of their biochemical pathways where they're um, having problems with uh, sulfur and, and we'll okay, call it, right. uh, you know, and and they overexpress enzymes. So we've got to be careful. But, but uh, you know, homocysteine of 15 or 13, yeah, bring it down. Bring mm-hmm. it down, you know. And, you know, uh, I like beets and broccoli in the diet, organic yes. beets and broccoli as normal methylators. And, and, and I also like, you know, the, you know, a full-spectrum B vitamin support. Absolutely, to help you know, turn it over. Is something you do, do want to bring down if it's, if it's elevated. Yeah, and that's what we, we recommend to people often is if they have high homocysteine, they can use those B vitamins to turn it over. Sure. Yep. So should we take a caller? We should. All right. All right. Sounds. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Kate, you have a question for us. Yeah, my husband was diagnosed um, with diabetes like four years ago, and they put him on a statin prescription, and it wasn't because and he doesn't even have high cholesterol, but they told him that he'll get it, so they have to prevent it. 
And then it was the same for his blood pressure. They put him on a blood pressure medication, even though he didn't have it. But they said, because you're diabetes, you'll get it. And so is that accurate, or can he get off of it at some time? Oh, what a wonderful question. Dr. Sinatra, did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear the question. Uh, yeah, um, oh, gosh. I mean, um, unfortunately, that's sort of the treatment today uh, where a person goes in to see a doctor with metabolic syndrome, and instead of using natural ways of reducing the blood pressure or preventing the high blood pressure or preventing the inflammation, uh, they'll use drugs. And this mm-hmm. is not the answer. To me, that's not smart medicine. That's a very, very poor choice that your husband is getting right now. Is Pharmaceutical drugs are great in, in emergencies, but they're not the answer to you know, reversing common problems like this. So I would, I would tell your husband to get off a statin drug because diabetics, by the way, on statin drugs, uh, they calcify coronary arteries. Uh, we wrote that we, we wrote about that in our uh, Great Cholesterol Myth book, and and uh, now we're we're seeing cataracts with statins uh, in diabetics. So you know it's it's really important to um, not overzealously use pharmaceutical drugs when you don't have to. So if your husband is overweight. Uh, I'd get him into an exercise program and, and get a loss of weight, like I mentioned before. I would definitely choose uh, a more optimal diet that will be very conducive in, in uh, lowering the sugar intake in the body. And don't use pharmaceutical drugs unless you absolutely have to. Yes. You, you know, I think one of the things that is uh, the first thing that probably your husband should do is see a nutritionist and help him get his blood sugars down and on a consistent basis. And we see that all the time. People come in with type 2 diabetes, put them on an eating plan. But the problem, the thing is that people really need more support to change their diet than a Mm one-time appointment. They need ongoing, once-a-month support. You're right. You're so right. They need to be coached all the time. Exactly. Because it's hard in this society to avoid all those carbohydrates. They taste good. And we're bombarded with them everywhere we turn. So. You know, that's why we do our weight and wellness series of classes, and that's why we do individual counseling all the time. Yes. So, but uh, that was a great question. That is a great question. it's happening to everybody. We see it all the time. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, a typical patient would go into a doctor's office, and instead of being treated with lifestyle changes, they'll walk out with two, three, or four drugs. Right. Like, drugs right. to lower blood pressure, drugs it, to lower triglycerides or cholesterol, and drugs to lower... Um, blood sugar. It's, it's unbelievable. It's that idea to mask instead of prevent or see what's yeah. actually causing yeah. the inflammation in the first place. Um, so we actually have to take another uh, break. Another, it another goes break. so yes. fast. <laughs> so Dr. Sinatra, say, stay on. But for, again, for everyone else, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Our topic today is heart disease prevention. And joining us by phone is cardiologist Dr. Stephen Sinatra, co-author of The Great Cholesterol Myth. You can find this easy-to-read book at all bookstores and on Amazon.com. Questions today, call us at 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. 
Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, last fall when I attended the American College of Nutrition Annual, Annual Conference, many of the speakers and leading researchers reported that they have found people's metabolism in recent years has slowed down. They're not sure why the slowing of, of people's metabolism is occurring. You know, some of the possibilities that could be from taking trans fats, mm-hmm. eating trans fats in foods, eating high fructose corn syrup, air pollution, less movement, genetically modified foods, or maybe some of all of the above. A little combination effect. So if you're struggling with your weight and you're, you really are not alone in the world, 68% of people are struggling with their weight. So to lose weight, most people need a metabolism, healing plan. They need a lot of direction. They need guidance and how to change habits and group support to help you realize that you're really not alone. And that's what we offer in our Nutrition for Weight Loss program. So the next Nutrition for Weight Loss program starts the week of March 11th at several locations and just give us a call at 651-699-3438 to find the time and location that fits your schedule. Yes. Dr. Sinatra, are you there? I'm here. Okay. So before we went to break, we kind of started to dig into statins a little bit. Um, so for our listeners, would you kind of inform us a little bit more about why statins might be, what are the side effects of statins? Well, you know, statins can be a blessing or a curse. I mean, uh they can be helpful to, you know, uh, a segment of the population, which I call really a, a middle-aged male with coronary disease. Uh, so, if, you know, if I had a male between the ages of 40 and maybe 70 with a heart attack or a stent or a bypass, um, would I use a statin in that individual? Yes, I would, because this group really has the greatest to gain and the least to lose. And I'm not going to use a statin to lower cholesterol. Statins happen to be great cholesterol, you know, killers. Uh, But I'm not going to use a statin for cholesterol lowering. I'm going to use a statin because they're anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, They also, uh, they're antioxidants. uh, And they also thin the blood. And uh, as a cardiologist like myself, um, you know, thick blood, or if your blood is like red ketchup as opposed to, let's say, red wine, mm-hmm. is one of the major factors of inflammation. And the problem is, in this day and age, with insecticides and pesticides and heavy metals and trans fats and, and sugars and, uh, and, and EMF and radiation, I mean, my gosh, I mean, uh, most of us are inflamed. And uh, mm-hmm. when we're inflamed, our blood gets thicker. And when our blood gets thicker, we have more stroke and cardiovascular events. So in a middle-aged male who already has documented coronary disease, uh, yes, I would use a statin. Now, would I use a statin for, let's say, women? Absolutely not. I mean, um, uh, one of the most common consults I, I had in my office when I was practicing cardiology on a day-to-day basis was a woman in her 30s or 40s who would come in with cholesterols of 270, 280, uh, LDLs of you know, 160, 170, 180, and they would put on a statin drug. Horrible medicine, very—I mean, t- terrible medicine—and uh, and you know, 
these these women would be crying. I mean, I, thinking about it, they have to take a drug just to lower cholesterol. Uh, so even in my women with advanced coronary disease, I only used uh, statin drugs in about one percent of those women uh, because I found over the years that statin drugs did not really uh, help women to the degree they helped men. Now, I don't use statin drugs in uh, people over 70, 75 because of the cognitive effect. Mm -hmm. Statin drugs can really impair the memory because yes. we need cholesterol in our brain. So and, and people over the age, in, let's say the seventh decade of life, uh, whether they have coronary, coronary disease or not, um, uh, I will not use a statin. Um, in some of these people with advanced coronary disease, um, I might use a low-dose statin if they're over 70. Uh, with a lot of coenzyme Q10 to help, you know, um, take care of that side effect. Because remember, in the process of killing cholesterol, coenzyme yes. Q10 and squalene uh, share the same biochemical pathways, so we have to be careful. Uh, in children, uh, I, I, I never use statins. I mean, uh, I, I've never had a homozygous uh, hypercholesterolemia. These are children who are, who are born without receptor sites, uh, for their LDL, and basically they have high cholesterols and seven, 800 uh, they're very, very inflamed, but uh, I mean, those children virtually need liver transplants. It's a very, fortunately, it's only one in a million, uh, uh, you know, these these types of kids. But uh, I've never seen one in my practice, uh, and uh, you know, I've practiced cardiology for almost four decades. But basically, uh, statins can be a blessing or a curse, like I mentioned before, and they have horrific side effects. Mm -hmm. So you want to choose them in a population like a middle-aged male. Uh, the greatest to gain. Uh, everybody else, uh, I virtually do not use statins. Sure. Yeah, a lot of people, we see that it causes fatigue. It causes that loss of memory because it affects their brain. Muscle pain, absolutely. Oh, Aliska, I mean, it's horrific. I mean, people don't realize the amount of side effects statins. I mean, a lot of people think they're getting older. Right, <laughs> exactly. Older. It's actually the statin. <gasps> and, and statins cause heart failure. I mean, people mm -hmm. don't realize that. I mean, you know, I'm known for metabolic cardiology, and, and one of the factors of heart failure is statin cardiomyopathy. It causes what we call it, diastolic dysfunction of the heart because it lowers coenzyme Q10 levels. So, which is, statins have a lot of baggage. We have to be very, you know, and that, that's what we talked about in the book, The Great Cholesterol Myth. Yes. So we have one other kind of question before our show ends, and we wish this was about three hours right. today. So, you know, I, at the beginning of the show, I talked about the fact that we recommend butter and not margarine. Right. So what's your thoughts about saturated fats? Saturated fats are fine. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they've been vilified. Uh, I mean, look at coconut. I mean, my gosh, it's one of the healthiest yes. things you can eat. Uh, you know, coconut oil is a purely saturated fat. Uh, you know, coconut contains monolaurin, which is going to, you know, protect your immune system. Uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful food. Look at avocado, which contains some saturated fat, but a lot of monounsaturated fat. I mean, the pure vegetarians tell their patients not to eat avocado, not mm -hmm. to eat coconut. You know, I, I think this, uh, they're being misguided. Yes. So um, there's nothing wrong with saturated fat. Remember, saturated fats do not oxidize. Yes. They are very resistant to oxidation. Mm -hmm. It's not like the canola oils or the corn oils or the safflower oils or the, you know, uh, the soybean oils. These are very prone to oxidation, and we have to be very careful. It's the polyunsaturated fats that uh, do the damage in our society. Uh, you have to choose your fats wisely. Uh, you mentioned trans fats. I mean, those are the killer fats. But saturated fats and monounsaturated fats, they're fine. And, and then the omega-3s, 
uh, are really the best. But remember, we, we don't want to have the omega-3s oxidized. Right. That's why it's important that, that you use, you know, omega-3s in capsules and, and basically, uh, you know, you don't, you, I'm sort of bearish on liquid omega-3s in bottles, even if they're in dark bottles, even mm-hmm. if you put them in the refrigerator, because when they're exposed to air, they can mm-hmm. uh, oxidize as well. So, Mm, you know, that's a good point. Good. That's a healthy point. I, I like to think of saturated fats like that, too. They're kind of this strong, sturdy fat that they don't break down. And if we have, again, a damaged, broken-down inflammatory fat, I mean, that's that other risk factor for causing inflammation in our system. Correct. Yeah. So I think we probably have one or two minutes left. Is that right, Katie? Yes, yeah. And. You know, do you have any closing thoughts for people, Dr. Sinatra? I mean, we love your discussion, and we love having you on, and thank you so much. Uh, it's some of the things that we teach every day, but it's so excellent to hear it from a cardiologist mm-hmm. and an expert that has been a cardiologist for years. Yes. <laughs> any? Well, I, I mean, I, I would tell your listeners this, that if you have a high cholesterol, uh, don't fear it. Uh, if you have a high blood sugar or a high hemoglobin a- A1C, that's the real enemy that you have to focus on. The travesty of focusing on cholesterol is taking us off the other marks that are much more inflammatory. So remember this. If you're elderly and you have a high cholesterol, you're going to live longer. I mean, high cholesterol protects you from infections of the lungs. So uh, even during the flu season right now where people are getting secondary bacterial infections uh, and, and lung infections, the higher your cholesterol, the more protection you're going to have, the more protection you're going to have from infectious disease of the GI tract. The more, infection, the more protection you're going to have with a high cholesterol is from hemorrhagic stroke. Uh, you're going to have better cognition with a high cholesterol. A high cholesterol lubricates the skin more. It makes us sex hormones, us steroid hormones. And by the way, for, for, you, for you guys up in Minnesota, you don't get a lot of vitamin right. D up there. We need know? that and, cholesterol. Uh, and you need cholesterol in your skin to activate mm-hmm. the sunlight mm-hmm. to yes. form vitamin D. And uh, Look, let's not vilify cholesterol. Cholesterol is, is good. Sugar is bad. Cholesterol is our friend. Sugar is your foe. So those are my closing comments. <laughs> I think that's very eye-opening for people. I mean, this whole discussion that it's not that total cholesterol number that is causing you to walk out the door and have a heart attack. It's actually something else going on in our system. Yeah, exactly. It's the sugar. It's the inflammatory agents that are actually causing this. Well, thank you again. Thank you. So All right, that, guys, it was great. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe, we'll, maybe someday we'll do a talk on metabolic cardiology. Hey, there great. you go. That sounds great. So, All right. We'll see. Thank you. you. Yes, thank Bye-bye. you. To everyone else out there, remember, always remember, change your food, change your life. Life, I love you. All is Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.